TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Odyssey celebrates Father's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. It's time to talk all things Dirty Birds. It's Falcon's Flyover. On Sports Radio 92.9, The Game. Back in the Kia Studios on Sports Radio 92.9, The Game. It is John Chuckery's show. Coming to you live on this Tuesday evening. 404-726-0929. Solomon Brothers Diamond Text Line to be a part of the show. We'll talk to our buddy Bill Bender coming up here in about 20 minutes from right now. As we get into the world of college football. This, though, is your nightly look at all things Atlanta Falcons. It is the Falcons flyover. So Pro Football Focus did their 32 teams, 32 observations from NFL training camp and the preseason. Here's what they say about the Falcons, and this is really boring. Uh, Atlanta Falcons. The Falcons were the only team in the league to call runs more often than passes last season, something that seems inevitable again with running back uh, with rookie running back B. John Robinson in the fold. Robinson displayed elite athletic ability on his first preseason carry, making cuts and breaking tackles on the way to a 12-yard gain and a first down. Okay. I mean, anyway. Uh, He broke David Montgomery's pro football-focused college record with 104 missed tackles last season and is up there with Adrian Peterson as the top running back prospect in the last 20 years. Okay. That's their observation. When I tell you that they love some of these guys that the Falcons have, they love the B. John Robinson. They love Kyle Pitts. They love the Drake London. Forget whatever they do. They love what those guys' capability is. Um, That's not much of a look at what the Falcons or, you know, predictions or I I don't don't even know what the the point of all that was. So, anyway. But but we know B. John Robinson is a running back, and they'll probably call a lot of running plays. Do you think? Wow. That, that's, that's, that's shocking insight, is it not, Dede? I mean, it's, it, it's, it's very Groundbreaking yeah, insight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did we run it a lot last year? Yeah. Oh. Um, the Falcons have named their captains, and, and I got to laugh at, at all this, not because of who was named captain, but just the national narrative. All right, so here's the five captains for the um, Falcons this coming year. Grady Jarrett, Jesse Bates III, Youngway Koo, Jake Matthews, and Chris Lindstrom. Now, Koo, Matthews, and Jarrett are returning captains from 2022. Uh, I mean, again, Lindstrom is their best player, so no real shock there. Jesse Bates is a veteran coming in, you know, to be, you know, he was a a guy who was, you know, one of the best safeties in the NFL the last couple of years. No real problem there. But the national narrative of, Second-year quarterback Desmond Ritter, a full-time starter for the first time, is not one of the five players honored with the captain's logo. 
they don't have faith in Desmond Ritter. I've seen all of these just ridiculous, well, why was Desmond Ritter not named a captain? Because he's in his first year. I mean, sorry, but all of those guys that I listed deserve to be captains for this team. Lindstrom, Matthews, Jarrett, Koo, okay. Like, who's got a problem with any of those guys? Even Jesse Bates. Because Desmond Ritter isn't, you know, a captain for this team. You know, having not played barely at all, I, you know, well, you know, there's a lot of times quarterbacks are, you know, the captains. Yeah, when you're Aaron Rodgers, day-day, look up if the Panthers name their captains. I want to see if Bryce Young is a captain for the Carolina Panthers this year. Again, I'm not really that surprised by Ritter not being a captain. I don't think it's much of a story, but, again, the national media, oh, they didn't trust their quarterback. He's not He's not even a captain. Okay, so he's not going to stand out there for the coin flip. All right. Oh, yeah, because they're scared to. Because they're, they're afraid to not put Bryce Young as one of their captains. Anyway, it's just the whole thing's just ridiculous out of uh, all of it. Um, you know, as we said, you know, the Falcons have not won their season opener since 2017. And coincidentally, that that coincides with the last time that they were in the playoffs. So, again, I believe that this is a immensely important game, getting off to a good start. And, and there are so many things that go along with it. Winning at home, beating a division rival, a conference win. Like, there are so many things that go along with this game that, again, I, I, I'm not, I guess I'm not saying it's must win. Yeah, it's must win. Yeah, it's, it's pretty much must win uh, on uh, all of this. Um, Arthur Smith talking about some of the injuries. Here's what the Arthur had to say uh, about it. And obviously, been dealing with injuries. Mike Hughes. Cordero Patterson, Jeff Okuda. Um, Hughes has been back at practice, so he's he's back and uh, he's going after it. But uh, here's what Arthur had to say about, um, about the injury front. Quote, some of these guys will be back out there, but I'm very pleased with how everybody's progressing. Those guys worked hard over the weekend rehabbing, but most of the guys will be back with the exception of a few. Now, one of those is expected to be Cordero Patterson, and we'll know more tomorrow when the injury reports come out. But there's a lot of chatter about Cordero Patterson may not be exactly ready. Okay. Uh, again, I, I'm i not saying it's mass critical. Would I like to have Cordero Patterson? Yes. You'd like to have all of your guys at the very jump of this thing, right? Like, you don't want guys that are hurt. You don't want to miss anybody. And maybe, look, maybe at the end of the day, Patterson will play. Mike Hughes being back at practice, that's a good start. Um, you know, Jeff Okuda, we'll get more information tomorrow, but I don't expect Jeff Okuda is going to be ready to play. Like, I, I again, he's, he's going to be out, and I don't know if he's going to end up on a short-term IR, if he's just going to miss a week, a couple of weeks, or whatever like that. But I don't expect Jeff Okuda to play. Uh, Mike Hughes looks like he will play. And then we'll have to wait and see about Cordero Patterson. And, and what the status is, you know, with him. 
Would I like him to play? Absolutely. I'd like to see him be a part of this group, you know, again, returning kicks and making plays maybe in the slot or what have you. So I would certainly like to see Cordero Patterson play. But I don't think it's the end of the world if he doesn't. I still think that we can win this football game. And, you know, maybe two years ago, I wouldn't have said the same thing. But I think now with Cordero Patterson and what his role is going to be, again, we still have plenty of offensive weapons. We still got, you know, Algier and Robinson running the football with Pitts and London and Michael Pruitt, our unicorn. Uh, we still have plenty of personnel to to get things done, you know, with uh, with all of this. So we'll see what happens. Uh, the Falcons did, by the way, release their first depth chart. Uh, we'll get more into that tomorrow um, because these ones start to count now, right? Like these are, and I'm not even saying that they are the most important thing, but, you know, it's, it's a little bit more believable now about about what we see. And I like Cordero Patterson. He was listed as the joker position. Did you see, Day-Day, that Cordero Patterson changed his avatar to the Heath Ledger's the joker mm-hmm. when he yes. holds up that card? Yes. You know, when he's in that meeting with the mob boss. With all the bosses, the card. yep. Yeah, so he's changed that to his profile pic because he's the joker now. So I would imagine that we'll start seeing Cordero Patterson wearing a lot of purple, right? <laughs> nice. We'll see him in some purple and orange um, over the next few weeks here. But uh, listen, um, I, I don't. I, we we have remember we have positionless football, so it's not wide receiver, running back, tight end. It's Joker. It's Lex Luthor. It's um, what? What's that guy? What? What? What's the one? Um, Mr. What is it Mr. Mixplex or something like that or Mixplex or whatever like um Yeah, I don't know that one. Yeah. Um <laughs> he's the guy that wears like the top hat, he's an enemy of Superman. Um but it's penguin, I mean whatever it is. It's positionless football that we have now. And if you want to list Cordero Patterson as the Joker, hey, be my guest. Be my guest. I mean, we might have Catwoman Maybe Tori can be Catwoman. I don't know. I mean, again, we, we we can have all these you know characters that that we need to if we're if we're playing positionless football. But we'll see at the end of the day what happens with uh, all of it. But um, again, uh, I thought that was funny that um, that he's listed as uh, as the Joker uh, position. So, but it looks like it, it's going to be good news, you know, for the Falcons. And, and again, we'll see what happens with Jeff Okuda. Um, you know how quickly he can come back because I do think that he's going to have a good year for this team, and I think he's going to have a, a good enough year where he's going to get a nice contract. It may not be here. He may not be a part of the Falcons' long-term plans and things like that, but um, I do think Okuda is in line to have a really good season for this squad. And, again, he'll get paid. Maybe it'll be the Falcons. Maybe it'll be somebody else. But uh, as he goes into his free agent year, uh, haven't had his fifth-year option declined or what have you. Um, so we'll see what, what happens. I mean, obviously, we'll talk more about this you know, coming up tomorrow. We'll preview it a little bit deeper come tomorrow. But I'm excited to see what happens on Sunday. I'm excited for what this season is going to look like. We need to win. We need to get off to a good start, find a way to get it done. But I am excited to see what this season is going to bring. And hopefully it's not aggravation, frustration, and all those other shuns that we've been used to over the last handful of years. Hopefully this thing gets itself on track. Hopefully we get ourselves turned around, and hopefully we can be a playoff team here 
at the end of the day. All right, when we come back, it'll be time. We'll talk to Bill Bender coming up, National College Football Writer for the Sporting News. We will uh, preview all of the weekend that was. A lot of action going on uh, this weekend from the locals and beyond. Chuck, we're hanging out with you in the Kia Studios. Sports Radio, 1990 Game, Odyssey.com app. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Odyssey celebrates the class of 2024, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Sports Radio 92.9, the game back at a Chuckery show, hanging out in the key studios on this Tuesday night with you. 404-726-0929, that is our Solomon Brothers Diamond text line to be a part of the show. Well, it was a very full weekend of college football as we got into week number one. We had games Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday night as well. Let's head out to the WadeFord.com hotline. Let's talk to our buddy Bill Bender, national college football writer for the Sporting News covering college football. He's on Twitter at BillBender92. Bill, as always, buddy, appreciate a few minutes here in Atlanta with us tonight. Oh, hey, thanks for having me on. Let's uh, let's start locally here. I mean, I know Georgia did what they had to do, but I, I want to talk a little bit about this Tech game because I was immensely frustrated. You know, in the second quarter, it actually looked like they were a competent offense. They they looked like a 21st century offense, which we've not seen very much of over the last decade plus from Georgia Tech. And then I thought Brent Key just really kind of let his foot off the gas pedal. And again, Bill, you know, these 50-50 games, these are the games Tech's got to win. If you're going to tell me they're going to get to a bowl game, 
you know, they're not going to run through just Old Miss and Georgia and Carolina and everybody. They got to win these 50-50 games, and that was a frustrating loss for Georgia Tech to open up with. Yeah, it really is, and, and Louisville's only going to get better with Coach Brown. Right. I mean, they a nice comeback and a little bit of transfer roulette on both sides at that quarterback position, so that's part of the game now, as you saw. I mean, you just mentioned it. I saw that for five days. It's hard to evaluate teams sometimes when you have those quarterbacks, but a missed opportunity, no doubt, and but like you said, I mean, the first half, I was kind of flipping around, flipped back, and couldn't believe Louisville came back, so... Yeah, a tough loss for the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets. We'll see how they come back from it. You know, uh, as we stay in the ACC, look, I, when you watched Florida State, that and I I think you and I have talked about this because I've got Florida State in the playoff, and, and I didn't just jump on that bandwagon. I, three months ago, I was talking about Florida State that I thought that they were a playoff team. But that looked a lot like the old Florida State. They had players all over the field running back, quarterback, wide receiver, defensive line. Like, they weren't just good in a phase or two here. They It looked like for the first time in a lot of years, they had players everywhere on the field that are immensely talented. It sounded like it, too. I yeah. made the joke with my son watching it in terms of when you hear that Seminole War chant for a whole quarter, you, you know they're good. And, and you uh, – you know, the receivers were fantastic. Uh, Keon Coleman, what a pickup out of the transfer portal. Johnny Wilson, two really good targets. They're exceptional at throwing the football down the field. Jordan Travis really is. And you can complement that with the running game, the defense. And like you said, a difference maker at every position. Jared Verse is a top five pick. Um, and the way they just hammered LSU in the second half was quite a statement. I think they're the best team in the ACC. I think they're a threat to win the national championship if that continues to materialize. And it's not a fluke. I mean, like you said, we've seen this. When Florida State has the talent and puts it together, they win national titles. They've done it before. And, and you know, Bill, I, I don't, you know, I, I know the narrative has been that LSU was really bad. I don't, I don't think that's a fair narrative. I, I still think that they're a very talented team. Now, look, there may not be Alabama, Georgia level. But I still think they're a talented team. I think I think more of the credit has to go to Florida State about how well they played versus necessarily how bad uh, Brian Kelly was out coached and how bad LSU played. Like I don't know that all of that is fair. Right. I mean, they made some decisions that that in struggled to score in the red zone early. That impacted some things. The fourth and two that Florida State hit on the screen pass was a huge play in the game. But you're right. I mean, and this is the cost for playing these heavyweight fights in September. You know, LSU is going to be a different team in November. And that's something we wrote about at Sporting News. It's a shame in some ways that when you step out and play these games in the four-team area, you'll probably be penalized for it. It's going to be very difficult for LSU to get to the playoff now. Whereas in the 12-team playoff era, when we get – LSU and USC and Alabama and Wisconsin and Michigan and Texas and Georgia and Clemson. It's a resume pattern to, to help you get into the 12 team playoff. I think it'll be a difference. National college football writer for sporting news, Bill Benner joining me here on the wait hotline. You know, Bill, I, 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 here's, here's my opinion about this. I think Clemson still has a really good, group of offensive talented players but 
I think for three years running, since the Trevor Lawrence, you know, era of of Clemson football, I don't think they've been coached very well. And I don't think that their offensive style or their system takes advantage of the talent that they have. Look, Klubnik is a talented quarterback. But I and again, DJU, I mean, you saw what DJU did over the weekend. I think that they have a lot of talent, but I really think that they are poorly coached specifically on the offensive side of the football. Well, that was what Garrett Riley was brought on to change. And, you know, where's the the threat at receiver? That's what I was picking at a little bit last night. I mean, they did not complete a pass that was thrown more than 20 yards. They had one 20-yard mm-hmm. catch the entire game. There's a lack of explosiveness in the passing game. Uh and, and the running game's good, but the mistakes they made compounded everything. That was a quicksand night for them where it just seemed like every time they were close, they'd fall a little bit further down and miss tackles on the defensive side. And you got to give credit to Duke. That's kind of my thing. It's the same thing you were saying about Florida State. I would give credit to Duke and Riley Leonard and their game plan and the physicality they played up front. Um fantastic night for the Blue Devils, and they're going to be a factor in that ACC race. I don't think they're going to – I don't know that they'll win it, but Notre Dame will be a fun game when Duke plays them. Well, is this situation where, Bill, that maybe if you're Duke, boy, you would have wished that you had the divisions back, right, versus, you know, having to be in the top two. Maybe if you were in the Coastal Division, you know, this year, maybe that would have been a better pathway for Duke. Probably, and, you know, obviously – the North Carolina Duke game is going to be a lot of fun because of Riley Leonard, because of Drake May, because of improved defense on both sides. I mean, Dwayne Carter for uh, Duke had a nice game last night. North Carolina's getting sacked. They were all over Spencer Rattler. I think both of these teams are going to be very talented. But you're, to your point, yeah, I mean, I was at a, uh, a Florida State-Duke ACC championship game during those Jameis Winston days, and, uh, you know, that they would definitely have a much better shot if they had the two divisions this year, there's no doubt about that. Bill Bender, national college football writer for the Sporting News, joining me on the waitfor.com hotline. All right, um, I- I'll guess I'll get hot takey. I- I've said this for about three years now. I don't think I don't think Ohio State's winning a national title as long as Ryan Day is the head coach, and that was a very look. You can say what you want about Kyle McCord and, and his lack of experience and things like that. But he doesn't have a lack of experience with with um, Marvin Harrison Jr. I, I I didn't think their quarterbacks played well. Didn't think their offensive line played well, and I thought their play calling in the first half of that game was atrocious. Um, I I don't understand. Ohio State ju- doesn't just have some personnel; they have immense personnel, and they also I think I'll say it. I think they have the best player in college football on their offense, and we can debate all of that, you know, another time. But I, I just – I don't know how you don't get the ball into Marvin Harrison's hands. And, look, it was a scary moment when he went down. But there is no defense, in the, especially Indiana, no defense in the country that should limit, um, you know, uh, uh, Marvin Harrison to, like, two catches for, for 39 yards. Like, that was just ridiculous, that offensive performance from them. Yeah, and I'm sure they'll feed him this week. And there's a lot going on there. Obviously, new quarterback, three new offensive line starters. Like you said, maybe loosening it up with the running game, 
uh, the the idea that there's a quarterback controversy, all of these things. So I, I think we'll see. I'm not as worried about Ohio State. I thought their defense was very good. Um, the one thing that Kyle McCord or Devin Brown or both, the pressure that they're going to have to face as the season wears on is Ohio State's three toughest games this year. All three of those teams have quarterback figured out. You know, Sam Hartman at Notre Dame, J.J. McCarthy at Michigan, Drew Aller at Penn State. He was very impressive. So, yeah, it's going to be a telling year for the Buckeyes, especially in those big money games against those three opponents. I'll make a prediction, Bill. If they lose to Michigan this year, Ryan Day won't be the head coach next year. Uh, Ryan, Ryan Day won't – They won't. They he won't be the head coach. If, let me tell you, if they lose to Luke Fickle and Wisconsin and uh, Michigan in the same year – Ryan Day won't be the head coach of Ohio State next year. Those those people up there will run him out of town. I'm telling you, like you know, you know as well as I do. You're up there in Ohio. You know as well as I do. Those people are nuts, and and they will they will, they will run Ryan Day out of town the first chance they get. Well, you can tell my editor that because we had an argument about it one day, and I was saying that very line of questioning. I said, you know. You can say his record and those things, but I know how unreasonable it gets up here, yep. how uncomfortable it gets. Um, they haven't, and, and to your point, I've been saying this all summer, they haven't lost to Michigan three years in a row since I was in high school. Mm-hmm. And it was from 95 to 97, and they didn't take well to it last year. I think, actually, to your point, I didn't even think about Luke Fickle, but they lose to Notre Dame and Ohio State, I think it would, or Notre Dame and Michigan, it would be very big trouble. Yep. Uh, Georgia, let's let's talk a minute about them. Look, I thought they did what they had to do. I mean, Carson Beck played well as the game went on. Um, anything you saw specifically out of the University of Georgia in their opener against, what, UT Martin? No, we won't know much for a few weeks. We probably won't learn too much this week, other than I think Kirby can use last year's game against the Mac opponent as a little bit of a um, – carrot this week remember they struggled against kent state mm-hmm. and uh they're playing ball state they're gonna cruise but yeah we'll learn once they get into the sec play i think he distributes the ball well to several receivers uh the running game was good defense is still good i know they, they never like giving up points at georgia so giving up a touchdown probably wasn't their thing but um still in, a, in really good shape and obviously like everybody else they're going to be watching Georgia fans are going to be watching alabama this weekend in prime time that's a big game for the crimson tide yeah, I mean, let's talk a little bit about that for a second. You know, obviously, Texas, Alabama, marquee game. You know, is is Texas ready for all of this? I mean, at some point, it can't be, well, we're close. Well, we're getting close. You know, at some point before Arch Manning takes over everything, you know, Texas has to have a win or two of these games, you know, to to, you know, feel like that they're back or whatever. It can't just be – well, when Arch Manning gets a quarterback, we're going to win all these games. Yeah, it's not it's not always that easy. How important is this game for for Texas when you look at it and say, okay, you know, we need to finally maybe turn some kind of corner in this? Yeah, there's a set of predetermined reactions to this game, right? So if Texas wins, you know, we'll be wondering, is the Alabama dynasty over? Is, you know, Nick Saban done? Will Sarkeesian be their next coach? These are things that will pop up if Texas wins. It's Quinn Ewers for Heisman, uh, Steve Sarkeesian, and this team is ready for the SEC, all of those things. You know what? Well, here's a good stat for you. Since uh, 2009, Alabama's 99-5 and five at home. 99-5 and five at home. And uh, 
three of those losses were to guys that won the Heisman Trophy that year, whether it was Cam or Manziel or Burrow. So it would be a pretty momentous victory for this Texas football program if they can go down to Bryant-Denny and win this weekend. Hey, let me uh, let me ask you about a game that we saw on Thursday night. Um, you know, I I thought Utah would win, and I thought they'd win pretty comfortably. And I, I don't I don't think that game was probably as close as what the final score says it was. Um, I think I think Utah kind of dominated that game, and especially without you know having their Cam Rising at quarterback. But I I don't know about Florida. I I and I'm I, I'm again I know it's hyperbole and it's only one game but I don't know about Billy Napier and again sometimes jobs are maybe too big for certain guys you think Billy Napier is the right guy at Florida I mean do you think that he is a guy that can get them to where they think they should be at national championship caliber level well it's really a tough call because I think it's going to get worse before it gets better this year think they they have the look of a four and eight or five and 17 and that's not going to go over well but you could use the Mike Norvell analogy you know, we were doing this discussion about Mike Norvell last year where it was like is he the right guy for Florida State and look at it now so that's the call inside the building that might be tough at the end of the year because it might be like after watching Utah there was a lot of disorganization a lot of I didn't anticipate that Utah would completely outclass them. And they did. They out-physicaled them. They outplayed them. They outcoached them. It was an every-level beatdown out there. So they've got a long way to go this season. And, and yeah, I, I do think it'll get worse before it gets better. One last question, Bill. Um, you know, a lot of hype and hoopla. And, and look, I, I've, I've been to the last – I've, I've, last year, a couple of years ago, I guess when it was in Atlanta – SEC media days and just watching Shane Beamer up there like you want to run through a brick wall for Shane Beamer like he's he's a terrific motivator and I think he's a really good head coach but they're another one of those programs that yes I know how good Drake May is but they just don't seem ready for prime time and all the hype and hoopla you know what they did at the end of the year beat Clemson beat Tennessee and all that kind of stuff you know, they turn right back around and, and they pretty much get handled by North Carolina, who's, eh, you know, I mean, they've got a great quarterback, but their defense is no great shakes. I mean, their defensive line isn't all that good. And they, they pretty much handled South Carolina in that game. Yeah. Uh, you know, obviously this was a setback for South Carolina. They came into the season with a ton of momentum, but North Carolina looked good. I think they're the story in that game. Drake May with a defense and Gene, Gene, Chizik's defense behind him, um, they're going to be a factor in that ACC as well. So for South Carolina, I think the way you put it is exactly right. Maybe not quite ready for prime time. They will play Georgia in a couple weeks. Shane will get them, keep them rolling. He's, like I said, a, a really good motivator, but they need more out of Spencer Rattler. They need more out of that defense. And when they get in these big games, they got to realize what that stage is. I did like the onside coming out of halftime. They just didn't convert it. Yeah, uh, and that Georgia game, um, that game was what forty-eight nothing last year. So <laughs> I, yeah. I, I don't know. We'll we'll see. I mean, again, I like Shane Beamer, but I, you know, at times I just I don't think that they're ready for prime time. Bill Benner is a national college football writer for the Sporting News. You can follow him on his personal Twitter page at Bill Benner ninety two, and he joined me here on the WadeFord.com hotline. Bill, my friend, always appreciate it. Thanks for uh, joining me. Thanks for hanging out with this Ohio guy for a few minutes, and uh, we will certainly chat with you again here soon. 
Hey, no problem. Thanks for having me on. Take care. You got it. When we get back, it will be time for What's Bugging Chuckery. Um, Cal Turd, I, I don't know how his prediction, you know, came out. Let's see. Let's We'll hear from Cal Turd about who he thinks could play for the national championship game. Maybe it didn't go so well. I don't know. That's up next. Chuck Green, the Key Studios, Sports Radio, and that's on the game. The Odyssey.com app. Sports Radio, 92.9 The Game, back at a Chuckery show, hanging out in the Kia studios on this Tuesday evening with you. Always feels good to get into a short week, right? When you get the Monday off, you know, get into a quick uh, short week. Uh, let's see, how are the Braves doing right now? Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Um, you know, as if Michael Soroka wasn't bad enough, three innings, five earned runs. Uh, Colin McHugh said, hold my beer. Colin McHugh, what's been his problem here lately? Seems like he's just gotten worse and worse. So Soroka went three innings with four hits and five runs, six strikeouts in the game with two home runs. McHugh has come in for two and two-thirds. He's given up six hits and four runs with a home run. Is this Pujols and that group of St. Louis Cardinal players, or is this the team that's in last place? Cardinals are 59 and 78. 59 and 78. You know what? You should have left Mike Soroka up here to get major league hitters out instead of keeping him down in AAA and getting out minor league hitters. Sorry. Should have let Soroka been working his way through major league lineups instead of AAA lineups. The Toledo Mudhens of the world. Instead of pitching against, you know, whoever. The Giants or you know, the uh, the mutts or whatever, instead of getting out the mud hens and teams like that. So Braves getting pounded right now, nine, uh, nine to one. So the only run for the Braves is Ozzie Albies. It is 29th home run of the, uh, the season. So he's got uh, 29 homers now. He's going to be a 30 home run guy. And they're going to break the record, by the way, too. Olsen's going to break the record for – Home runs in a season for a Brave. Braves are going to break the team record. Ronnie's going to be the MVP. We'll discuss at some point Strider getting to Cy Young because I think it's down to three guys. It's him, Snell, and who's the guy that we said for the uh, Cubs uh, uh, day day? Who's that? Uh, who's that pitcher that uh, uh, who I think is like uh, you know one of the top two or three in the league in ERA? I think he's got one less win. Then Strider, I think he's got 15 wins uh, with the pitcher for the uh, the Chicago Cubs. So uh, again, I think it's those three guys that are that's going to be your Cy Young, you know, Steele. winners. Yeah, Steele, Just, uh, Justin Steele. Yes, yeah, Justin Steele. Yeah, he's been he's been incredible uh, this year. So um, that's the only that's kind of like the main award left to be decided, right? That's kind of like the the last thing that needs to be decided on is whether or not uh, Spencer Strider is going to get the um, Get to Cy Young. I still think 
if he leads the league in wins day day and has 300 strikeouts, I think he's going to win the Cy Young. I think I think leading the league in wins and 300 strikeouts, I think that will get him the Cy Young when all is said and done. But we'll see. I mean, again, it's you know we still got a ways to go, and um, I think he can be a 20 game winner when all is said and done. I think he's got 16 wins right now. Uh, can he get Can he get four more starts out of this? They only have what 136 games left, so that's what uh, 136, 162, what four, uh, 30, no, not even 20 something games. Can he get maybe four starts out of all of it? And I don't think he's getting four starts. I mean, he could, but I don't even know if they will pitch some of their guys down yeah, the stretch. Yeah, because again, it they'll have this division wrapped up pretty quickly here. It won't be very long before they have the division wrapped up. And I got a feeling that they will, they will, for instance, they won't necessarily rest guys, but they'll push some guys back a day in their start, yeah. right? Like they'll, they'll spread them out a little bit yeah. going down the stretch where you don't need to overwork them or anything like that. Like instead of a fifth day, maybe a sixth day yes. or what have you, yeah. and just kind of stretch them out uh, a little bit longer. So, but we'll see what happens. But the Braves right now are getting pounded on by the Cardinals 9-1. to one. And, uh, look, sometimes these these nights kind of happen. So, all right, speaking of getting pounded on, let's get to something we call What's Bugging Chuckery. Don't look now, but somebody out there just got Chuckery ticked off. <laughs> like, that's hard. Don't make me angry. You wouldn't like me when I'm angry. It's time for What's Bugging Chuckery on Sports Radio 92.9, The Game. Well, listen, uh, we've got week one of the college football universe in, right, and – I've talked about. Listen, I think Florida State's going to be in the playoffs. I, I think that I think that they're going to be a playoff team. I've been saying that for the last few months now. Okay, we talked about the fact that you know the SEC. I thought they were going to go zero and three in their three marquee matchups: Utah, Florida, LSU, Clem, or sorry, LSU, Florida State, and North Carolina, South Carolina. Okay, well. On the other end of that spectrum, here's Colin Cowturd and who he's got playing in the national championship. Without the transfer portal, it took Nick Saban a third recruiting class to get it rolling, right? Yeah. Like you were part of that. Now it takes two years. And I think Brian Kelly, first year, got the uh-huh. offense kind of figured out. Right. Now he's going to get the defense figured out. So okay. I have Michigan facing LSU in the championship. Hmm. And I don't think LSU is the best SEC team. I don't think they're the deepest. But I love the coach. I love the quarterback. And I looked at their schedule, and I'm like, I think LSU is going to – I think they're going to – you know, it's 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 going to be a lot of people knocking each other off. I like LSU a lot. Hmm. What's their record? What's their record right now? Yeah, now 0-1. Oh. Was that a conference game? No. Oh. Oh. So basically, Cal Turd is done after Week One, right? Uh, unless he <laughs> thinks that unless he thinks that LSU is going to magically run the table. So, do you anticipate a twelve and one or twelve and zero, I should say, finish to LSU season? Because that's what they'd have to go at this point: twelve and one, right? Get to the SEC title game, win the SEC championship game. And be twelve and one. Do they look like a team that is ready to go? I don't know, twelve and zero. Now look, not at all. 
again, we all get hot takey. But when they're when they're let's play that clip again with with where 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 LSU is at right now. So um what did Colin Colin say in that clip? I'm gonna play the clip. Go ahead play the clip. Play the clip from Colin Coward. Without the transfer uh-huh, portal, right? it took Nick Saban a third recruiting class okay. to get gotcha. it Roman, right? Yeah. You were part right. of that. Okay. Now it takes two years. Yeah. And I think Brian right. Kelly Right. First year, got the offense kind of yep. figured out. Yep. Now sure he's going to get the defense figured out. Yep. So I have Absolutely. Michigan placing huh? LSU in the championship. What? And I don't think LSU is the best SEC team. I don't think they're the deepest. But I love the coach. I love the quarterback. And I looked at their schedule, and I'm like, I think LSU is going to – I think they're going to – you know, it's 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 going to be a lot of people knocking each other off. I like LSU a lot. What's their record after one game? 0-1. Oh. And one. oh. Now, to be fair, Florida State might be the best team that they play all year. To be fair, you know, maybe Alabama's in that mix, but I think Florida State's a playoff team. But maybe Alabama's in that mix. Maybe if they run the table and win the next 11 straight games, playing Georgia will be the best team that they play. But they may have played the best team of the season this upcoming year against Florida State and what was their what's LSU's record at this point? Oh and one. Oh. Okay. So all they've got to basically do is go twelve and zero to finish off the year then day day. Yeah, but they got some teams on I mean, outside of outside of uh Alabama, even you know what's going on down in Auburn. Like there's there's no gimme. They they got a not. few games that's it's the gimme. SEC West. Yeah. yeah so. Arkansas's good. A and M has been A and M looked good yeah. the other night. So Old Miss has got the best running back in the con again. Now look, sometimes you have to win the right games, right? Florida State did that a few years ago. Win the right games in the SEC. You know, win, or I should say in the ACC. Win the right games at the right time. But what tells you about LSU, and I still think LSU is a good team, but what tells you that they're going to basically run the table against Bama, Auburn, uh, uh, A&M, Arkansas, like, what tells you that they're going to run the table? Oh, Colin. Well, listen, um, look, Day-Day, to be fair, you know, he wanted to get his hot takeness and and pick of the year over with so that it would be more memorable, right? Like, again, if this would have happened in week six or seven, it wouldn't have had the same impact as it does, you know, when – you come right out of the chute, and you've got Michigan and LSU. The um, Les Miles uh, Bowl, right? Les Miles uh, playing for coaching uh, LSU and playing at Michigan, right? The Les Miles Bowl. Yeah, that's probably not going to happen. Michigan may be in the national championship game, but I don't think LSU is uh, finding its way. I'm just, I'm going to go, Day Day, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that LSU, in the words of Max Howell, LSU is not going to be in the national championship game. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that. I'm going to go on a limb and say that Colin Cowturd is wrong in his prediction. I'm just, I, I, I just have this hunch. I just have this gut feeling 
that it's not going to work out for LSU um, this year. So, um, but again, we will we will see and we'll see what happens uh, with uh, all of that. So, anyway. All right, when uh, we get back from the top of the hour, we will talk to NFL Network analyst Bucky Brooks and get his thoughts about the uh, Falcons. And we'll bounce around the NFL as we get ready for action starting up on Thursday. Don't forget, we've got the NFL game right here on 92.9 The Game. Detroit at Kansas City. And by the way, I think Travis Kelsey is going to be out for that game, looking more and more like he's going to be out for that game for all you for you, uh, all you fantasy people as well. So we'll hear from Bucky, Brook, Bucky Brooks when we get back. Chuck in the Kia Studios, Sports Radio Now to the Game, Odyssey.com app. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Odyssey celebrates the class of 2024, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, oh.